Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the podcast where a real statistics professor and his Velma to his Louise, Jake, <laughs> gives you sports betting tips. I am Professor Sides. You can follow me and find all my picks on Twitter at Professor Sides. Today is Thursday, January 27th, 2022, and this episode covers today's best college basketball bets. In case you're new here, I built a mathematical model that predicts what the spread and total should be for every Division I college basketball game. That information, along with a graded A, B, or C pick for each of today's games, is available in the Google Sheet that is linked in the show's description. Picks that get an A are the ones I love, picks that get a B are the ones I like, and picks that get a C are the leans. However, please remember that good and bad variants will occur, so as much as I'd like to say the model will be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Uh, Jake, speaking of how the model will perform, yesterday was a pretty good day for the model, up a little bit over in that Google sheet uh otherwise what did we learn yesterday you know we learned that providence is a very good team they they won last night with their bet like their best guard uh and their best player going scoreless and only playing 18 minutes which is a kind of a big that shows how deep they can be um they also erased xavier's best guard he played 25 minutes and did not score so that means they had a great game on both ends of the floor um Province is a little thin running the seven-man rotation, but it seems to be working. So they are a very good team right now. Yeah, and I, mean, and I mentioned last night, right, when Providence loses, they lose big. Well, that wasn't an issue last night because they didn't lose at all. Uh, and if, if you kind of took that advice and ran with it and said uh, they either aren't going to cover or if they are, it's because they're going to win outright. You made a pretty little penny there on that money line <laughs> in, a, in a very impressive win last night for yeah. Providence. And, and this Marquette team is very good. They took they took advantage of the situation Seton Hall is in and handled them. They're very good on the defensive end. They held Seton Hall to 63 on 33% shooting, and that, that's kind of a really good feat for them. But offensively, they're a little, little scary. Um, Justin Lewis scored 33 on 19 shots last night, and only one other person hit double digits at 10. Other than that, nobody else really scored. So it's just a little worrisome to be so dependent on one player offensively. But yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, they, yeah, they keep it rolling, and they looked really good last night. The, we talked about this yesterday, right? Two Big East games that I just wasn't overly confident, didn't really know which way to go, thought we learned a lot. And, I mean, both of them um, weren't as interesting and close as we would hope, right? But um, it did tell us a little bit there that this Marquette team, we keep talking about them. At some point, they're, they're going to fail to cover, but – Last night wasn't it. They continue to roll. Um, Seton Hall, I really hope they can get healthy because when they when they yeah. do and they get rolling again, they're a lot of fun. But they're they're really struggling here these last two games. Yeah. Um, that, that just has to be so frustrating as a coach and as a team, like knowing you were this kind of good and then not be able to get there because you can't get the team on the floor. Right. Right. Uh, just like yesterday, we're going to do kind of the same thing here. We're going to start off with actually two kind of under the radar games uh, that we both really like before shifting into uh, the Big Ten slate that's on this Thursday evening and talk about those games. So we're going to start off with uh, Delaware at Towson. Uh, I've got an A pick for you here. Towson minus four and a half. The model thinks they should be favored by seven and a half. The model has underrated them all year and finally come around. I really like that um, when the, the model's kind of recognized where it's failed and really um, decided now that, that this is the spot for them. I think they win this one pretty handily, Jake. What's your take? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on this. I, I really like this Townsend team. They're, they're five and four covering at home as the home favorite, but they're a very good shooting uh, team. They shoot 
uh, free throws fairly well at 71%, but at home that jumps up to almost 80. So the covering the five points, if it gets close, it shouldn't be a thing for them. Um, they've got they're a very balanced team. They've got four guys averaging double digits, but Cameron Holden is the main guy. He's leading in points, rebounds, and steals. And three days ago, these two teams played at Delaware and <clears throat> Townsend won. But Holden had six steals to go on his nine, 19 points, and then he was 9 of 10 for the free throw line. With him being a guard, the ball's going to be in his hands a lot. He's going to hit a very good free throw percentage, so they should cover pretty easily. And this Delaware team is a good shooting team, and they're not when they can uh, hold on to the ball. They're good offensively. It's just they turn the ball over too much, and I think that's the difference in this game is the 14 turnovers they average a game are going to turn into points for Townsend, and then it's just going to get out of hand. But Townsend's the play. That makes a lot of sense. Then another one in a pretty similar spot, in my opinion, 7 p.m. Central, uh, Troy at South Alabama. The model thinks that South Alabama should be a seven and a half point favorite. Uh, and so I've got a B pick on South Alabama minus six and a half. Jake, I think a lot of people are going to, if, if, if they're talking about this game, it might fly under the radar for a few. But if you're talking about this game, I think a lot of people are going to say, hey, this might be closer than the experts think, right? To kind of pull the line from uh, college, college game day. I, I don't think that's correct. I want to hear your take on why you think that's wrong. Um, I think the biggest part is Troy is just not very good offensively. They rank in the bottom third in efficiency. They turn the ball over uh, 15 times a game. Um, And they run – I don't understand this. They've got one guy averaging above 10 points. They run a nine- or ten-man rotation, and hardly any of them are, like, in the eight to nine, like, pushing double digits range. It's it's more of, like, five, six, seven. So it's – I don't know – as I haven't watched them enough to understand why the coach is rotating so many guys in and out, taking them out of rhythm. But the South Alabama team is very underrated. They've won four in a row. The last two, uh, two of them, two of which at home, they they score when they score over seventy, they win all the time, almost all the time. They've won, I think, eleven of their fourteen wins of when when they've scored over seventy. They're a very good defensive team. They don't force a lot of turnovers, but. That shouldn't be a problem with the way Troy gives it away. Um, they rank in the middle of efficiency on offense, but they've got a guy in Charles Manning Jr. who is just incredible to watch. He's averaging close to 20 points. He's got about th- about four assists a game and, and then plays really good defense, averaging almost two steals a game on top of that. Um, they shoot over 70% from free throws as a team, and they are just a very solid team defensively I think that is the biggest difference is I don't think Troy's gonna be able to score enough to keep it close yep I agree with that I think that makes a lot of sense and now moving on to the Big Ten portion of this episode we're gonna cover all three of the bigger games of the evening we're gonna go back in time here 4 p.m central early start make sure uh, you take note of that Wisconsin at Nebraska model thinks Wisconsin should be a nine and a half point favorite. So it's a B pick for me on Wisconsin at minus seven and a half. A couple of notes here. First off, I cannot imagine the home atmosphere being very good for Nebraska with a 4 p.m. local tip off and a disappointing basketball team. So that's one thing to take note of. Also, Nebraska has not played in 10 days. If there's any rust there, the model's not really taking that into account. But if there is any rust, this could get ugly. I will note Nebraska is a team that I don't think is quite as 
bad as the numbers are making them out to be. In general, they've covered a few times. They've had some blowouts, of course, but I think they're – in general, I think Nebraska's playing a little better. Um, and they're a team that I'd, I'd be looking to kind of back when they're getting too big of a number – but this isn't the spot for that, in my opinion, against this Wisconsin team, the way that Wisconsin's playing, again, with a sleepy home crowd. I'd rather take Nebraska plus a giant number on the road when the other team doesn't really care. But with a smaller number here against Wisconsin, who's just been absolutely on fire, I don't think this is that spot. I like Wisconsin yeah. to cover the number. Jake, what's your take? Yeah, no, Wisconsin's the play here. I'm not sure why this one's under 10. I mean, they yep. might be factoring in Tyler Wall not playing, but – He's listed as probable, so I don't know whether he plays tonight or not on that bad ankle. But they are just – Wisconsin is just an incredible offensive team. They don't turn the ball over. They lead the nation in not, not turning it over. Um, they're very solid defensively. They've got Johnny Davis, who there's not really a bad matchup for him. He's just going to take advantage of whoever they put on him. And if Brad Davidson keeps shooting like he has been the last two, I don't see where – Nebraska has the talent talent to keep up. They've they've got two good guards in Verge Jr. and McGowan's, but after that, it's a huge drop off. Um, and they like ugh. Nebraska has lost eleven of their last twelve, and seven of those have been double digits, and five of them have been at home. They they just like you said, there's not going to be much of a home home court advantage. Nobody's going to want to watch this team. They're not. They're not even losing fun. Like it's not a fun team to watch, even though right. they're not doing well. So it's yep. going to end poorly for them. Yep. Yep. But like, like you said, they're losing a lot by double digits. I'd feel much more comfortable taking Nebraska plus, you know, fifteen and a half or something on the road in a situation where the other team just might give up in the second half. But yeah, this number's way too short, um, in my opinion. Uh, moving on from what should be the blowout Big Ten game of the day to one that should be a little bit more entertaining, Ohio State at Minnesota. The model thinks that Ohio State should only be a five-point favorite. So I've got a B pick on Minnesota plus six and a half. Um, I don't really know what to make of this game. I think that both of these teams have been extremely inconsistent, um, as have been a lot, has been the case with a lot of teams in college basketball this year. Um, I, I do think that Ohio State will have a lead late. Again, I think they do win by five. I think the big question is, is that lead two and it stays short, or is that lead you know, five or six, and then they put them away with some free throws. So I feel like this could go either way. I'm on the side of Minnesota. Jake, which side are you on? So I'm, I'm leaning Ohio State, but I'm kind of waiting more game time because uh, Wheeler being at possible to be out makes a big difference. He leads the team in assists and is who runs the offense. And, I'm, I mean, E.J. Liddell is easily the best player on the court tonight. Him and, the bat, and Jamison Battle will be a fun matchup to watch, but – Wheeler playing or not will be a big difference for Ohio State because they don't really have a good point guard after him. So, and we've seen this when he was been out, they they kind of struggle to get the ball to EJ, and and when EJ does get the ball, he's farther away from the bucket, so it's depending more on that jump shot than his back to the bucket game. Um, Minnesota has just had as one of those teams. I think they're playing better than what their record is. They've um, They've beat everybody they're supposed to. They've lost, lost some hard games to teams that they – like they had a chance to beat Michigan State, um, I think, at home. And they've had a couple of chances. Like Illinois game I think was kind of close and a few of them won like that. So they keep playing better and better. 
I just don't think they're quite there yet, especially if uh, Wheeler comes back. One of their biggest issues right now is their point guard, the main guy, gets into the game, uh, gets everything into the game, Peyton Willis. Um, when he gets it down close to these games, he's, for a point guard, very uncharacter- uncharacteristically, shoots 57% from free throw. So all of a sudden, at the end of the game, you can't give the guy that gets your offense going the ball because you, you don't want him splitting free throws and let, letting the team come back. So it's kind of a risky situation. But I lean Ohio State if Wheeler plays. If not, I'm more on Minnesota. And, of course, the question always is how effective is a player coming back from an injury? You have the rust factor. You have the um, are they 100% healed, you know. Um, and we kind of saw this a little bit with COVID, too, with like people's legs, people's mm-hmm. lungs, that sort of thing. That was just a whole different scenario because we sometimes didn't know if a guy just had the rust and didn't have any symptoms, right, or how the yeah. effect of it. But with the but with the body injuries, it's a little more clear. You know, you have a guy with an ankle, right? How is he going to be able to, to handle uh, the pivoting, the, the jumping, right? You have a guy with, uh, you know, with a hip injury or whatever, something like that, you know, if he gets bumped around down low, how's that going to affect them? I mean, you have, you have all sorts of different things uh, to consider yeah. with that injury. So that's definitely the, the keynote uh, for that one. And then we're going to finish up here with the game of the night, in my opinion, 8 PM central Purdue at, at Iowa. The model thinks that this total should be a shade over 160. And in my opinion, that might even still be a little too low. I like the over in this game. I think 157 is just not enough points. I don't know who wants to slow this pace down, and I don't know who can slow this pace down. I think this will be a really fun, entertaining game with a lot of points. So I'm on the over. Jake, what's your opinion here? I'm on Iowa. I think they win outright, but I love getting an extra like kind of buffer layer of the two and a half they're getting. Um, they they are a really good offensive team. I mean, everybody's going to talk about how Purdue is a very is the best offensive team, most efficient. But Iowa's number four, so it's not that big of a difference when you look at efficiency metrics. They hit free throws great as a team, shooting seventy seven percent. They're really not that bad defensively, and that's where the difference between these two teams are. Purdue's been struggling defensively where I was in the top 100, at least in efficiency rankings, and they forced 15 over uh, 15 turnovers a game, and that goes up to a little over 16 at home. The home court advantage is huge here, and if you if you look at the records and everything, yeah, Purdue beat Iowa at Purdue, and that was also without Keegan Murray. So that's a huge loss on this, um, this Iowa team. So adding him back in, and it was only a seven-point win, I would – I would think Iowa would look like the better team. Um, in, in that previous matchup, though, the big guys were a big issue um, for for Iowa because, I mean, Edie didn't play that well, but Williams had 13 and 18. Um, but Ivy was the leading, leading scorer, and he missed last game and is probable for this game on, on a groin injury. So that's one of those that we keep an eye out for because I think if it gets announced, that line totally flips, that if Ivy's yeah. out. So grab Iowa while you can, because um, I I just don't I don't think he's going to play tonight, but I could be wrong. And also, Purdue has not done well on the road. They're zero and three as a road favorite this year. That's a great nugget. Um, I think that that one again should be a lot of fun to watch. Cannot recommend tuning into that one enough. 
That does it for our game breakdowns. Now we're going to move on to the buzzer beater content. This is your exclusive pod content here. I've got the total of the day. St. Mary's at San Francisco, under 130. That's a late night tip. I think that'll be a great game to watch. And that feels like a game where two teams are going to grind it out, really want to start slow, want to feel their opponent out, kind of like a heavyweight boxing match uh, if the game is tight late every possession is going to matter teams aren't going to want to turn the ball over they're looking for that perfect shot they're using 20 25 seconds of the shot clock i like that one under 130. the total of the day that's not an official play in this sheet that's because i have a pick on the side of this game murray state at tennessee tech i like the under 144 and a half i think that uh, murray state obviously is a great team but tennessee tech if they have any hopes of pulling what would be a huge home upset they are going to have to really slow down the pace there's no reason for them to go up and down with murray if they get no track me they are absolutely hosed so i see them wanting to slow that pace down so i like that one under 144 and a half the a plus pick of the day 9 p.m tip off portland minus two and a half this game is the same as we talked about yesterday with seattle only being a three-point home favorite i think the bookmakers are overwhelmed with a bunch of other things and just kind of hung a number on this one, but this line makes zero sense to me. I think Portland gets an easy home win. That's your A-plus pick of the day. The best B-side, Loyola Chicago minus six at Southern Illinois. What I like about this Loyola Chicago team is that they finish. At the end of games, they do not mess around. They want to score. They want to extend their lead, which makes me feel confident about them covering six. Every dog has its day. 7 p.m. Northern Illinois is plus 130. That's a B-pick versus Ball State. I like these short home dogs. So I think Northern Illinois can get the outright victory there. And then last for me, the plug your nose and play game, 630 Central Rice plus 11 and a half. That's a B pick at Louisiana Tech. Rice has been good to us. I think they can keep this inside the number. It's going to be an ugly game. Rice isn't a great team, but you're getting too many points in my opinion on that one. Jake, your buzzer beaters. Uh, I like this USA team. Right, they're they're going to be angry at the Stanford team for beating their unbeaten streak, and Stanford's just not very good, um, especially guard wise, and playing right into USC's advantage. Uh, Colorado, I like them minus two and a half. Uh, this Washington team's not very good. They just beat them uh, maybe a week ago by fourteen. I, I don't know why the line shrunk so much. Um, so two and a half is a good number for them. And I love this Liberty team. This Liberty team shoots the ball so well from everywhere on the floor. And there's just too too much offense for this not very good North Alabama team. So they're minus 14 and a half. It's a good number. Liberty is definitely a really fun team. They're one of those teams that I hope can get through their conference tournament and make it to March Madness. Because if so, they're going to be a fun one um, in that scenario. And that is all that we've got for you today. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Picks with the Professor. A reminder, check out that Google Sheet for all picks and totals for every game today. If you haven't done so yet, click that subscribe button. We will get you a new episode every weekday of the college basketball season. We will see you tomorrow. And until then, remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.